Today, what I want to start about the new series is called Ultimate Empowerment. And the reason that it's titled that is what I want to do is springboard from what we've spent the last few weeks talking about in regards to what Jesus Christ accomplished. We spent most of the time talking about the crucifixion and how much it demonstrated the Lord's love and grace for us and kind of getting a more vivid picture of the fact that we're loved and it's unconditional and that we don't have to deserve it. But a big part of what Jesus Christ accomplished on that cross and by his resurrection is actually the power that comes from having Holy Spirit. Before Jesus Christ died and got up from the dead, people could not get born again of Holy Spirit. People were walking around for thousands of years, and it wasn't possible to have a true connection with God. What happened is that throughout the Old Testament, how people could speak with God is only sometimes when a certain prophet or somebody that was walking with the Lord, they got Holy Spirit that sat upon them on a condition to hear from God. Otherwise, through all of those years in the Old Testament, people could not hear from God. They weren't getting revelation. They weren't talking to God. Think about what that would be like to live life like that. To know that there was a God, but not have a way to directly hear from him on a regular basis. To not have that spiritual connection. It says that in the beginning that God made man body, soul, and spirit, a three-part being. When Adam sinned, he lost his connection with God. He lost Holy Spirit. And so from then on, people were born body and soul human beings. A soul is your breath life, your body, you know what that is. And, and spirit is, um, is, is Holy Spirit. It's, it's God's nature. God is holy, and he is spirit. And what he gave on the day of Pentecost, which was 50 days after uh, Christ got up from the dead, is he gave the, um, the gift of Holy Spirit so that all that it takes is believing. It says in Romans 10.9, if you believe that Jesus Christ, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you receive the gift of Holy Spirit. Some places it's called the gift of Holy Spirit. Some places it's called incorruptible seed. Um, some places it's, it's, it's a part of the mystery, which we're going to hear about today. It makes you a child of God. So now God wanted children that he could have a relationship with. In the Old Testament, his people were called servants. Right now, you and I can actually be born and have the nature of God and belong to God. We have his seed planted inside of us. And it says that once we are saved, you can't send it away. You can sin all you want to, and you're still saved. You still have God's nature. You're still a child of his. Just the way you're born of your earthly father and mother. When you're born, you know, of your parents, you have your father's seed, you know, that in you, part of all of his DNA and, and that kind of thing. And so if you don't have a relationship with your father at a certain point, it doesn't make the seed go away. It's a broken relationship, but it doesn't make you his, you're not his child anymore. And it's the same way when we get born again of God's spirit. This is such a powerful thing that we receive Holy Spirit. I mean, think about it. Like, and basically what this whole series is going to be in the next seven weeks is I really want us to see how much power we have. Because besides being loved, God also wants us to know that we have power. 
You know, there's a spiritual battle that says that the, that the devil, Satan, is the god of this world. And it's a battleground out there. Life is not easy. But the truth is, is that we have the victory because of the, because of the fact that we now have Holy Spirit. And with that Holy Spirit, there are nine manifestations or evidences that you can that are possible with that Holy Spirit. I'm going to kind of be going through the scriptures with that because I think it's really important that all of us own the power that we have. It's funny how many times Christians don't even talk about this. This is so huge, the power that we have. But people aren't even talking about it half the time. And it's invisible. Holy Spirit is invisible. So if you don't know you have it and don't know what you can do with it, You can just let it sit dormant and do nothing and act like you don't even have it. Um, So I want to to kind of take a look at some of these scriptures. First, I'm going to look at in Mark 16, because I want to just repeat the scriptures that we talked about on Easter Sunday. This is just a little bit, it's kind of cool, where Jesus speaks about um, the power that's to come. And he tells everybody before he ascends in Mark 16 in verse 17. Wait. I have the wrong thing. No, I don't. I've just got the wrong page. Here we go. Mark 16 in verse 17. This is Jesus. And these were some of his parting words before he ascended into heaven and nobody uh, and sat down at the right hand of God. It said in verse 15, he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. The good news is what Jesus Christ came to accomplish. Jesus wanted, and this is part of our calling. It's not just special people. It's not just ministers. It's not just pastors. We are all have been given the calling to reconcile people back to God. That belongs to us individually, and everybody has a unique gift and calling on how they do it. But he has called us to preach or proclaim, not to talk people into it, but just to tell people about it. We can't. You know, people are going to make up their own minds. But we are to declare the good news of what Christ accomplished to all creation. And in verse 16, it says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Now, I know that we have a tendency to think about baptism as water baptism. uh, And I'm not going to go into tons of detail with On this particular verse, Uh, we'll talk about it more when Pentecost comes, when we celebrate that, which is the birthday of the church. But Jesus said that John the Baptist baptized with water, but that you and I would be baptized with Holy Spirit. That there is a different baptism that's available today of Holy Spirit that's bigger than just being water baptized. But water baptism was just a symbol. So when it's speaking there of baptism, that's the, speak, that's the baptism it's speaking about. And is baptized, will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned, or the word is better translated, judged. Um, and these signs will accompany those who believe. It doesn't say just special prophets. It doesn't say the pastor of the church. It says, these are, do you believe? I believe. It says these are the signs that are going to accomplish those of us who believe. In my name, in the name of Jesus Christ, they will drive out demons. How come people aren't doing more of that? Telling you, this is a promise of what is available right now that we, that, that we can, it says, will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. 
They will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick people, and they will get well. So he, back when he was telling this to them, it's not like they were seeing a whole lot of this in their lives at this moment. In fact, <clears throat> out of all of the nine manifestations or evidences of Holy Spirit, manifestation is something that's an evidence because you can't see Holy Spirit. <clears throat> the only ones that they couldn't, that like in the Old Testament, people, when they got Holy Spirit, could do some of those evidences that the Spirit was there. They could prophesy. You saw prophets would prophesy. They would have word of knowledge, word of wisdom, some of the manifestations of Holy Spirit. But the things that they could not do before Jesus Christ died and got up from the dead is speak in tongues and interpret tongues. Those were, were things that were not available until Christ got up from the dead and, and it was possible for us to get born again. So when he was saying this, this was totally new information. So you can, I can only imagine what it must have been like for them to say, oh, come on. What? How is that possible? But this is... This is a piece, and there's other things that Jesus spoke to elaborate, actually, on this, of the power that's available. So why aren't more people walking in this power? This is the will of God. There is no power like Holy Spirit power. That's why I'm calling it ultimate empowerment. Nothing in our lives can compare to the power of the Holy Spirit. For us to walk as Christians of what God gave us, we need to know this, and we, you know, because it's available. You can't walk out on anything if you don't know what's available to you. You know, I talk about in the in the uh, you know in the secrets retreat coming up. If you had a bank account with a million dollars in it, but you did not know that it existed, could you spend any of that money? You can't spend a you uh, imagine if you had an actual bank account with your name on it with a million dollars, and nobody told you about it. It would be the complete waste. Wouldn't that be a terrible waste? Well, how much more of a waste is it that God gave us this power and so many people don't know, aren't talking about it? But it's available from God to walk in this power. God wants us to walk, not like wimpy people. You know, I want to actually take a look at um, another thing that uh, Jesus talked about in, in John 14. You know, people talk about empowerment. Nothing can come close to this. Walking that you know that you're a child of God and that you got Holy Spirit. And we're going to just talk about uh, in John 14 in verse 12. This is Jesus speaking again. I tell you the truth. Anyone. Who does that include? Yeah. Anyone who has faith in me. Well, that's not really that exclusive, is it? All you got to do, do you have faith in Jesus? I do too. It says, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Come on, what did Jesus Christ do? You know, it says, it says actually, in King James works, it says, the works that I do shall they do, and greater works than these shall they do, because I go to my Father. What were some of the things that Jesus Christ did that are notable? Turn water into wine. He healed people a lot. It was like all day, every day, by thousands of people were healed. People started, you know, 
I, talking about it, and it, he had a reputation, and it just, you know, it was kind of a regular thing. Jesus did miracles. He walked on water. So Jesus is saying that, remember we heard anybody that believes on him will do those works, which wouldn't you be happy to do those? What would your life look like if you had faith to, to walk on water and to instantly heal people? What would that look like? What would life be like for you? Be kind of exciting. Certainly not boring at all. Jesus said that the works that he does will do, and then, wait a minute, he said, and greater works. What on earth could he possibly be talking about? Are you kidding me? Greater works than Jesus? What on earth could he possibly be talking about? There's only, there, I'll tell you, to do the miracles of Jesus Christ is huge. There's only a couple things that, that we can do and that are evidenced in the New Testament that he couldn't do. One is speak in tongues, because speaking in tongues was not available. Jesus Christ did all the other thing, evidences of Holy Spirit that were available in the Old Testament. Prophesied, did miracles, healing, cast out spirits, all of those things. But the only, the only two of those manifestations that he could not do is speak in tongues and interpret those manifestations. Because it wasn't available until Jesus died, got up from the dead. That, those were new things that, that weren't possible to do. Um, as far as speaking a language that nobody ever taught you that God inspired and gives you the words of utterance to speak. That's a supernatural thing to do that you can't just do out of the womb. You know, you can't just, if you're not born again, you can't do that. You have to believe in Jesus Christ and receive Holy Spirit to be able to speak in tongues. So that's one thing that's supernatural. There's another thing, which is actually leading people to the new birth, because <laughs> it wasn't available. You can lay hands and lead people to Jesus Christ and that they pray and receive Holy Spirit, which is also pretty supernatural. So those are works that were not available, and that's what he, that, those are the only things that are recorded that are the greater works that would fall into that category in, in the scripture. But that's amazing as far as the power goes that we have. But it's just, I really believe with all my heart that being aware of the power that God gave us with the Holy Spirit is really important. You know, I believe that it's important for us to care about it, to grow in faith, to step out in faith in what God gave. And you can, you can grow in faith in it. Let's, I actually want to sort of, in your handout, in the program, um, I put a little chart on here um, that might help you to sort of see. Um, it has the nine manifestations of the gift of Holy Spirit, which, are, which we're going to talk about in Corinthians. And what I did, just because I think it's easier to understand the manifestations more this way, is I kind of grouped them into categories. One, because um, in the Bible they just list all nine, um, and then in different parts of scripture they kind of, we're going to be in the next seven weeks going through each one of these and talking about what the scripture has to say in what these are, so you can have a little bit more understanding of it. Um, I categorize them according to kind of how they function and what their benefits are. 
So, because um, I feel like it's easier to understand and learn them this way. The worship manifestations, I'm, I'm just nicknaming them that, um, are speaking in tongues, interpretation, and prophecy, because those are the three that it talks about that are oriented towards a worship service. It talks about in Corinthians that these are the things that, that we should be operating on a regular basis in worship. You can speak in tongues and interpret individually because it says that speaking in tongues is speaking a language that you have not been taught that God gives you supernaturally. But that when you're speaking it, it says that it's prayer and praise. It's, it's magnifying God. It says it's speaking the wonderful works of God and it's supernatural. Prophecy, which we're going to talk about in uh, more detail next week, and we're actually going to make prophecy available, so if you'd like to invite your friends and to have a word of prophecy, is where people that have Holy Spirit speak a word as God's giving it to them about for the group, which we heard tonight, or it can be to one individual, and it's God-inspired words, but it's for the person. So tongues is speaking to God, prophecy is speaking to a person from God, so it's going a different direction. Then we have the revelation manifestations, which we'll be teaching the week afterwards, of word of knowledge and word of wisdom, and that's hearing from God of getting, of God speaking to you. Word of knowledge is telling you about something that you couldn't by your five senses know. So if you get some knowledge about something that nothing in your five senses could tell you that God told you, it could be foretelling, it could be the awareness of something going on, um, etc. And then word of wisdom is what to do about the revelation, God giving you that. Uh, and then the power manifestations are faith, which is, a, it, the, the Bible talks about faith in the Bible, but the, I believe um, that the, there's a faith that it, the Bible talks about to move mountains. It's the kind of faith that can do the super, supernatural. And so these other manifestations, uh, like miracles and healings, require faith. Uh, miracles is doing something supernatural that goes against the laws of the physical universe. Um, we kind of know what miracles are. Healing are miraculous healings. And discerning of spirits, uh, which is God telling you about the presence or non-presence of, of spirits and what to do about them. Like it could be demons or it could be Holy Spirit. So each week we're going to kind of talk about these in a little bit more detail. But I think the goal is that for each one of us to do all nine manifestations. God really wants every Christian to be doing all of this, to be walking in this kind of power. There's so much value, and for one, and we're going to be kind of taking a look at all the individual benefits of this, of knowing and knowing within your heart of hearts that you belong to God, that you are a child of God, that you have God's nature inside of you, that you're born again. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians one twenty six. Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry, Colossians. Jeez. (laughs) Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Colossians 1. I just want to hit a couple of these scriptures. There's so many of these. We could actually, a couple years ago, I spent 
like a month on each a month or more on each one of these because there's a lot like you could actually there's so much here I think actually we yeah it was more like six weeks on each manifestation which is not hard to do um, but Colossians 1 26 it says <clears throat> uh, well we'll just start in verse 25 it says I have become its servant this is the Apostle Paul by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness the mystery which has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. Now you're going to, there's a whole bunch of places that it talks about this mystery. Oh, it's the Greek word mysterion. Um, and it talks about the fact that, that getting born again and having Holy Spirit was secret. That God did not reveal the details or the fullness of what was going to happen from Christ's death and resurrection, that this, was, that this was possible. There were some nuances, and God hinted, but the fullness of what was available, that you could be born again of Holy Spirit and become a child of God and have it be incorruptible seed, was not known through the whole Old Testament. It even says in another verse that the angels were dying to figure out what it was because there, there was hints about it, but it wasn't spelled out as far as what this, hist- what this mystery was going to be. In verse 26, it says, The mystery that has been hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Part of the mystery in the new birth is that it's Christ in you when you get born again. You have the power of Jesus Christ inside of you. You have his eyes behind your eyes. You, you know, you, you're, you're like walking in the steps of Jesus. You have the power of Christ Jesus inside of you. I'm telling you, how much are we living below par as far as power in our lives? How much do we think about the fact that we have this power? We have the power to raise the dead, to make the lame to walk again. It's possible to walk in that faith in the power that God has given us. Um, let's go to Second <laughs> Corinthians 4. Go back a couple books. Second Corinthians 4 and in verse 7. Um, it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. The Bible talks about the, the Holy Spirit, the gift that God gave, is like a treasure in a jar of clay. Like our bodies are just like these kind of plain, drab jars of clay. You know, back in, in Eastern times, it was a custom to hide valuables in the most ugliest little drabest jar because nobody would go, you know, it would look like the flower jars, you know, or something like that and look kind of beat up or what have you. And, and um, so it's kind of, it, they knew what, what this was talking about in those times. They could relate to the fact that, yeah, we're just kind of jars of clay. Who would know that we have Holy Spirit? <laughs> By looking at the outside, come on, really? It's just sort of like, it's shocking to me to think about in this plain vessel that I am, in this ordinary vessel that God placed his spirit of Christ in me, the hope of glory. We want to treasure that, guys. We want to not, we don't want to act like we just forgot that we got it. Um, 
Let's go to um, 1 Corinthians 2. And in verse... Um, yeah, there's so much scripture on this. It's so funny. I feel sad. Well, actually, we'll see this verse. It'll make sense. How often do you hear this talked about? I'm telling you. We talk about all kinds of stuff in the church. You know, we talk about the love and the grace. And that's important. But... It is equally important to God that we also recognize that we have power. It's awesome to be loved. I'm, we're not negating that. But a big part of what God wanted us to know is that we have power. That we're not weak, defenseless creatures. That we have the power of Christ in us, the hope of glory. In 1 Corinthians, we'll see how big this is. I'm sorry. Or, yeah, 1 Corinthians. I just turned the wrong one. 1 Corinthians 2. I love this scripture because this is, this is one to me- memorize, I think. In 1 Corinthians 2, in verse 6, it says, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. So the end of the rulers of this age, both worldly and the satanic rulers, are all coming, going to see their end. They're... They can look all high and mighty right now, but God's bringing them down to nothing. It says, no, we speak of God's secret wisdom. A a wisdom, it's actually that word there, is a secret or a mystery. It's the word mysterion again, that has been hidden, that God destined for our glory before time began. It says, none of of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. What this is saying is that the mystery of what happened when, we got, when Christ died and got up from the dead, that we have Christ in us and the Holy Spirit. It was so big, the power is so big, that if Satan knew that we were going to get this Holy Spirit, he would let Jesus live. How big do you think that is? If he would have rather had Jesus Christ, who did all those miracles, walk around, he would have let him go. If he saw what was coming in this mystery, that's why it was a secret. That's why God kept it hidden, that we would have Holy Spirit and the power of God and Christ in us, the hope of glory. That we could walk like Jesus, that we could do the works of Jesus Christ. So how much do we underestimate what this is? That's some power. I don't know about you guys, but I don't, I don't want to act like this isn't here. I don't want to pretend. I don't want to ignore it. I want to declare what God's word says, which is that we do have this power. That it is available for each and every one of us. Now, I don't see it every day. I, don't, I do not see it every day in the way that Jesus walked out. I don't think too many people do, but I've seen it. I've seen plenty of miracles that nothing will convince me otherwise. I have seen instant healings. I have seen miraculous things happen. I have heard from God in ways that, are un- that you can't explain as far as things that cannot be known by the five senses. I've seen prophecies where somebody's mail got read to them 
that did not believe at all, and they were just started sobbing their face off that didn't believe in God and said, God is in you of a truth. I have seen the power of God over and over and over again in different ways, so I am not going to deny it or act like it's not there. And it's possible to grow, for all of us to grow in faith to see this bigger in our lives, and I, that's why I want to teach this. I think it's a big deal because it was a big deal to God. I think that the big lie of the devil is that Okay, so he wouldn't have crucified Jesus, so now the big trick of the devil is he tries to talk everybody out of walking out on this. He tries to talk people into, that's stupid. You know how many times I get people give me a hard time that we speak in tongues in church? Oh, come on, people would be embarrassed. I'm not going to be embarrassed. I'm not going to stop it. God says it's available, it's Holy Spirit. I'm not going to apologize for the gift of Holy Spirit that God gave me. I'm not going to have a church like that. If people are embarrassed, most nobody's embarrassed anyway. I mean, they think we're speaking Hebrew. <laughs> they just go, what's that? Did you learn some Hebrew? Is that Greek or something? But it's funny because people sometimes try and say, well, maybe you shouldn't do that in public. No, I, wa- I want to be proud. I want to stand proud and tall that God gave me Holy Spirit and not act like that's non-existent because I don't want to play into the Satan's lie here of trying to talk people into acting like we don't got it. I'm committed to everything that's within me to walk bigger with this and walk in faith as much as I can and to not declare anything less. I know i got to grow in faith in this, you know, but that's how I'm going to grow in faith is by saying it loud and saying it proud. (laughs) You know? I think coming off from, we, it's just something that I want, my heart's desire is just to create a hunger and a longing. Because I, you know, like that, that we as a community would grow with a hunger and a longing to say, I want to walk like I have Christ in me. I want to believe it. I want to lay hands and not be chicken about it. Yeah. Okay. One of the reasons that I, I want to talk a little bit about the manifestations of tongues and interpretation, and pro- well, well, today we're going to talk about tongues and interpretation, is I also believe that they are one of the key ingredients to learning to grow in the Holy Spirit. In the Bible, it was the norm in the book of Acts that every time somebody got saved, they spoke in tongues. It wasn't heard of that people got salvation and there's no tongues. Every record in the book of Acts that any person received Christ as their Lord, speaking in tongues, they, got, they were led into it. They were taught that. People aren't taught this anymore. It wasn't any big, oh, we better wait till they're in the Bible for a long time. You love Jesus? Lay hands, let's pray, and speak in tongues. And people were like, Woo! they were they were like i could speak in tongues you see it sometimes you know you see it when we're leading people in the seekers retreat and people are sobbing and saying i can i can speak in tongues it's just like I, I, it's amazing when people think i just thought i was undeserving it's hard for me to believe that i could have spirit it's true that god put a spirit in me it's an evidence that, that you are a child of god it's a it is we want to be speaking in tongues and be bold about it. We want to grow to be bold. We want to grow. We're in this worship service. People are excited to stand up and speak in tongues and interpret. 
or prophesy. I got Holy Spirit. I hear from God. I want to see God work. I expect. And you know what else helps is when you come to the worship service, come expecting to receive. When, when there's that time that we're having tongues of interpretation, that we have a heart to go, I want to hear from God today. I want to hear his voice. I want to know that he's present and know that he's speaking. Because if you hear something, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. I've seen services where it could be dead as can be, but my heart has just been, Lord, I want to hear. And somehow God will work in somebody to speak. Where it just gets to your heart and just goes, oh, it's exactly what I needed to hear. You can hear from God every week at this service that way if you open your heart to that. Come expecting during manifestations to hear from God because he will speak to you in a way that's just for you. You don't have to wait till we just do the prophecies once in a, in a while, the, the private or the individual prophecies to hear from God. So it goes a couple ways. It goes in the expect, you know, expecting to receive with the faith in growing. And it grows in saying, I'm afraid, but I'm going to walk out on faith and give it a go. And if you want to practice, then ask somebody. I'd be happy to help. I'll get with you. Give me a call. We'll sit down. I'll lead you into tongues if you don't speak in tongues or you want to practice or something. Let's work on this so we walk in faith and build it together. We want to get where, yeah, where we grow in faith and and frequently getting the boldness to speak in tongues and interpret and prophesy specifically in a, in a worship service builds faith. It helps you to see that if you step out, God will show up. He won't fail. All we got to do is take a step out in faith and God won't let us down. We want to get where that's our automatic thing. that we bu- It'll build our faith towards the other things. If we don't have faith for that, how are we going to have faith to lay hands and instantly heal people? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if it's too scary. So that's what part of this builds. We want to build this so that we see the power of God more, more. It builds, the community builds faith. I've seen it ebb and flow in this community. So that's why every once in a while we've got to bring this back to Holy Spirit. Let's go to um, 1 Corinthians 12. And I just want to kind of go over the individual scriptures about it. It's kind of an interesting dynamic, and we're not going through the whole teaching series like we did before, and you'll hear more in the Seekers Retreat if you're going to come to that on tongues with interpretation. There's a lot of detail um, on, that, on that, but one thing you want to understand in these scriptures, because there's a lot of scriptures about tongues. They're all throughout the book of Acts, like I say, but also in Corinthians, Believe it or not, in the book of Corinthians, it's a reproof epistle, meaning that um, it, it was written towards people that were not doing what they're supposed to be doing and, and trying to get them back on the ball from, from what they were taught. Well, here was their problem. They, when they, got, they were so excited about Holy Spirit that when they got in the meeting, everybody spoke in tongues in the whole room all the time, and they were there for hours and hours and stayed up all night. That's how, that was their problem. There was too much excitement about speaking in tongues, and it got to be a big old mess, but it was almost to the point where some ego was involved, and they were like, watch me speak in tongues, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. And so then, so this was correcting that, where it's saying, you don't have to have the whole congregation go. And we don't have that problem. <laughs> Do not worry. Do not worry. 
about that. So you have to take the reproof in light of that that was going on in the context, because we're not going to go through the whole record the way that um, we do from time to time. Uh, but in 1 Corinthians 12, I want to just kind of hit some of the highlights, or actually, let's start with um, verse 1. It says, oh, no, no, no. Um, oh, yeah, let's go in 7. Uh, it says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And then it lists all the manifestation. To one, there's given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing spirits. To another, uh, different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. These all work of one in the same spirit, and he gives to them as each one as he determines. And um, the King James, it actually reads more clearly that it's as the individual determines, but um, uh, the, the NIV is just a little bit different. Let's go to chapter 14, and uh, as we're focusing on the speaking in tongues a little bit more. And I, and I made you on the chart, because we're not going to go over all of it today, but um, in this chart, I made a list of scriptures about speaking in tongues, the benefits of speaking in tongues. So you can take some time and go through those. It lists, uh, it's, it, one of the benefits is that it's proof that we're saved and testifies that we're the children of God and joint heirs with Christ. Part of the things that is, I've seen it with my own eyes is that when people speak in tongues for the first time, it's exciting because they, even though you could be you could be saved already and not speak in tongues. But a lot of times people are so excited because they're like, I know it's true. It's, it can be a very emotional experience for people when the first time they speak in tongues, and, and I'm getting emotional thinking about it. I, I've seen many people just cry and just say, I can't believe it's real. I have so many amazing stories where I witnessed people speaking in tongues for the first time, and it just comforted them so much to say, I really am a child of God. I actually know. You know, it's amazing, lots of amazing stories. So that's something to know. Number two, it's, um, it says that it's a sign to unbelievers, which is interesting because, <clears throat> you know, people, that's another one because it's so easy. You can't necessarily, somebody goes, oh, I don't believe that there's a God. Oh, let me just move that mountain for you. So um, <laughs> I'll, I'll show you how God works. But... The thing is, is that you can speak in tongues at any time. I've done this to people. I, I personally think it's fun. But um, where people say, I never heard, saw God do anything. And I said, oh, really? Well, I'll speak in tongues. Though. What's that? And then I tell them. It's a language that I wasn't taught that God gave me. And um, I, I was on the plane once. It was fun. This, and I, I said to this guy, you want to hear me? And he goes, yeah. And uh, so I spoke in tongues on the plane. He's like, wow, because it's clearly a language. It's not gibberish. I teach acting classes. Gibberish, they do in acting classes all the time. It does not sound like a language in acting class. It sounds like ga, 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 ba, ba, ba. You know, that's, that's not speaking in tongues. That's gibberish. So um, when you speak in tongues, it does sound like a language. Uh, so it's assigned to people. Uh, it also says the third one that I have listed, uh, which is in the first record of speaking in tongues, it says that when you speak in tongues, you're speaking the wonderful works of God. So whenever the words are come out, you don't know what you're speaking, but you're speaking 
that God's doing wonderful things. It's like it also says it magnifies God in Acts 10. That that's another thing which is like glorifying, magnifying, praising God. In verse uh, in the fifth one, it says that it's perfect prayer and helps you to make intercession. So this is one I use a lot: is when you're praying for somebody. And I, I, I speak in tongues often when I don't know what to pray for and I feel heavy and I worry. I worry about people a lot that I love. And so I'll speak in tongues for, for them because I don't know really what they need. God does. And so sometimes I'll just speak in tongues. Uh, perfect prayer. And so uh, number six I have that it says that you're speaking divine secrets. It says... And then in, for, in the seventh one, it builds you up, it edifies you, it says. In the eighth one, says that you're praising God. So there's a lot of worship, prayer, praise, giving thanks well in verse 9. So the, it, it's a lot of like, it's perfect worship. It's a perfect way to praise God and to pray. So I just want to read a couple of those for you um, quickly. In the, what have I got? First uh, Corinthians 4. Uh, 14 and verse one, uh, 1, it says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual, it says gifts, the word gifts is actually not in the Greek text, you can cross it out, it's the word pneumatikos, which is spiritual matters, it says eagerly desire spiritual things, especially, and believe it or not, the word the gift of prophecy is not in there, um, so you can cross that out too, it comes from the teaching that sometimes people say that there's only certain people that can do these things, um, but it doesn't, it, it's just because some translators added some words there. Um, so you see it in the scripture, but I've also seen it play out that way. I have never seen anybody that couldn't do these things if they were born again and wanted to. Um, in verse two, it says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, indeed no one understands. And the word him is not in the Greek text. You can cross that out as well. It says, so what it's talking about is no one understands their own tongue. Like, it's not like you, another person can't understand you because they can't, like, if somebody was speaking another language, you're speaking tongues and they understood your language. Because sometimes I've been in rooms where that happens. You speak in a tongue and somebody goes, oh, that's Japanese. I know Japanese or that's Swahili or whatever it happens to be. Uh, but it says that you're speaking the, the oh, we should have had that on our list, sorry, uh, that it says that you're speaking the, the languages of men or of angels. So you could be speaking a language of angels and then nobody would understand you, um, except for the angels. And, or it could be a language that, like of the Elamites or something that nobody's speaking anymore. So it could be any language. It says, um, he utters mysteries, it says, and, it, and it's, that should read, by the Spirit, but everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. But he who speaks in a tongue builds himself, edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I would every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy, for he who speaks, who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless he interpret, so the church may be edified. You have to read the whole sentence here, because what was happening, and you see as you keep reading, is people were speaking in tongues and not interpreting, which doesn't bless anybody. Like if, you, if a bunch of people in our church just got up and spoke another language and there's no interpretation, what would we exactly get out of that? It would be like, you are boring. Like I have no idea. You ever been around people that speak in language you don't speak and you're sitting there going, great, I wonder why I even came. You know, it's just sort of like I have, 
<laughs> this is great for me. I have no idea what this conversation is. So it's that. It's that thing. So it's saying, unless you interpret, you should prophesy. Um, because what was happening is sometimes people would speak in tongues and not have the faith to interpret. Because sometimes interpretation might be make you a little bit more... I, I get more nervous about interpreting because then if I mix up my words, everybody can tell when I'm speaking tongues. I don't know if I'm doing it wrong or not. I mean, you, I'm just joking about the wrong part. but Because um, you can't... You know, it's perfect. But you don't doubt yourself when you're speaking in tongues because you don't even know what you're saying. So... Uh, so anyway, so it's talking about the context of edifying the church. Those verses, though, kind of give you some, even in that, uh, give you a little bit of light as far as the benefit and the value of speaking in tongues. Let's go down um, in verse 13. It says, For this reason, anyone who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret what he says. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So it's awesome prayer, but you can't understand it. So what shall I do? I will pray with the spirit, but I will pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my mind. If you're praising God with your spirit, how can anyone who finds himself among those who don't understand say amen to giving of thanks since he doesn't know what you're saying? You might be giving thanks well, but the other is not edified. So that's what I'm saying is um, that the issue was the fact that people were just spending time speaking in tongues and not thinking about the fact that nobody else is getting blessed. You can in your... I speak in tongues all the time without interpreting because I just want to pray for something that I don't know what to pray for, and that just gives me a lot of comfort and peace. But if you're in a room full of people, it's not a blessing to just speak in tongues, and that's, the, that's sort of the context of it. So basically, in light of this and where we want to be going in the weeks to come is what Jesus Christ accomplished in his death and resurrection, a big and amazing part of it is that you and I could get born again of Holy Spirit and become a child of God and have God's nature inside of us. It's a spiritual power pack. You have Holy Spirit. You can't see it, but it's powerful. You can do miracles with God's seed that's inside of you right now. And it's possible for all of us to grow in faith. God gave us all nine manifestations that we can do all nine all the time. I want to do all nine all the time. How about you? Amen. So let's grow in faith in this together. A part of it is being in a place where we're ready to step out and take a step. What's the next step for you? You know, is it like growing to speak in tongues more? Is it being bold? Maybe in your groups with the men's and women's groups. Maybe you don't want to stand up on a Wednesday and do it. But you could practice on, on on the small groups. You could practice tongues with interpretation and prophesy and get some help and support so you just get some comfortable, get comfortable and confident in a smaller room. But we want... I want to see us just grow. I personally want to grow in faith to walk more in the power that God's given me. How about you? Amen? Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I am so grateful for your love and you, Lord Jesus, for all that you gave and all that you accomplished in giving your life. And I don't want it to be for nothing. I want to walk in the fullness of all that you gave. Not in part, Lord. I want to walk in the fullness You did amazing works while you were here. You exemplified the Father and his love. And I know that you did it because you cared and you loved people and wanted to make a difference. And that lives for me, too. I want to grow in faith, Lord, so that I can pass on your healing. Help us all to do that. Help us all to grow in faith, to be more like you, Lord Jesus, to walk in your steps, and to own that we belong to you, God, that we are your children 
that we have your spirit, that we can throw our shoulders back and hold our heads up high and say, watch out, here comes a child of God with all power. That that's who we are and that we walk in that and aren't apologetic for our faith, aren't apologetic for who you have made us to be, but we walk in you, Lord. I pray and I thank you for these good things. I also pray, Lord, for the offering. I ask you to bless it and uh, that you promise in your word that you are absolutely faithful, that as we give, that you multiply back and that you do that over and over again. And that that's a way that we can learn to grow to walk in faith as well. Because I've seen it over and over, your goodness in giving, Lord, that I cannot outgive you, that I can step out in faith by making you number one in my life with my finances, and you have always been faithful all my life. So I just pray that you bless everyone here. I know that you care so much about providing all of our needs and that we may give to honor you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.